by narrowing it down to the Avengers, we're limiting the voice to people who weren't chosen, who elected themselves. All right, yeah, boys. the government, we can agree the government sometimes doesn't know what they're doing, right? Yeah, I mean, most of us know that from actually having watched the movie, Zach. Well, I couldn't remember. Welcome, Welcome to Backseat Directing. Where we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, and more. We're your hosts, Andrew and Aaron. We put out new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And on this episode, we're trying to decide, was Captain America right or Iron Man? Let's find out. Three, two, one. Action. All right, the Sokovia Accord. Whoa, whoa, boys. All right. The giant pecs. The Sokovia Accords were a controversial topic in Captain America Civil War. And we have Zach here joining us on the podcast today and Andrew. And they're going to be debating back and forth, trying to determine. I'm a guest now on the podcast. Right. (laughs) There's one episode with Justin, and now I'm a guest guest on the podcast. (laughs) And my job is to play devil's advocate and kind of see see the sides for both. Uh, stories. Yeah, moderate. Like if, you know, me, if I have Zach in a headlock at one point, you just kind of like have a start. Right, let him go. Let him go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your moderating skills on this will probably go better than like a presidential debate because those are always disastrous. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, boys. the government, we can agree the government sometimes doesn't know what they're doing, right? Oh, oh yeah, we can agree on that. Zach's coming oh, out swinging. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> so what are the Sokovia Accords? We don't know what they say. We don't know what they say, but they're approved by 117 countries, and it states that the Avengers shall no longer be a private organization. Instead, they'll operate under supervision of the United Nations panel only when and if that panel deems them necessary, said by Thaddeus Ross. What's the panel? The The United United Nations. Nations. Okay. Correct. Yeah. I mean, most of us know that from actually having watched the movie, Zach. Well, I couldn't remember if it was United States or United Nations. Embarrassing. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guess I'm going to have to help this side out a little bit more. <laughs> no. So my stance in this debate is going to be pro Iron Man, pro Sokovia Accords. Uh, I... <laughs> Uh, we'll each get a chance to present our argument. We're going to go back and forth. What's that? What's that called? Cross-examination? I, I don't know. I'm not aware. And then, uh, and then Zach, what is your stance? Hashtag cap was right. Cap was right. All right. Was right. Or is, is right. right. Is okay. right. <laughs> Sounds like your marketing's a little off here. <laughs> my, my approach to this debate is going to come from mainly from a f- the four minute clip you can take out of the movie, the conversation that they have when the accords are initially presented to them. And I've taken like a series of quotes from that argument, which is arguments on both sides, you know, lines from Captain America, lines from uh, both Sam's uh, lines from Iron Man, Lens from Vision, and kind of like the lines that challenge and support my point, and I'm going to be like bolstering the ones that support it, and then explaining my rebuttals to the their points, Cap's points that rebuff the Sokovia Accords. Okay. So, is that where you guys want to start off, or do yeah. you want to make an opening statement? With- we can start there. Um, yeah, I mean, their debate is a is kind of only a small portion of the movie, um, and then it leads into kind of like 
what happens when they disagree. But um, yeah, I like I like that as a starting point. But basically, I can set the stage for this argument as well. So before that conversation, everything that leads up to this, uh, I think the main factor in the MCU that kind of leads up to the Sokovia Accords are the events of Age of Ultron. So uh, in Age of Ultron, we have Iron Man trying to put a suit of armor around the world inadvertently creates uh, Ultron by kind of using Jarvis's AI system and uh, an infinity stone. He creates like this AI presence that revolts against its creator and wants to come after humanity. And Ultron's mission is to take this city, Sokovia, fly it into the sky and then use it as a giant comet to pummel the earth and destroy humanity basically. So, uh, that again, that's Tony Stark's creation that is creating this gigantic threat to the world, and the Avengers have to come in and stop him. In doing so, as Tony says, the inadvert obviously points out that they inadvertently kill a lot of people. He said, "We, this kid, we dropped a building on him when we were kicking ass." So the the Avengers kind of it kind of hints at something that people I think have a lot of questions about, like even going as far back as the Battle of New York. Everybody they show, the Avengers saves. Like Cap jumps and covers the bomb with his shield in the train station and saves all those people, but you have to assume there's just cataclysmic death pulls going on behind the scenes with like, what are those things called? The giant worms that fly through the air? Yeah. They I, think, I don't know. The scientific name giant. Yeah. The <laughs> Jatari giant worms that fly through the air. They're just <laughs> mashing these buildings like wrecking. I mean, Iron Man takes those people um, in Sokovia, he takes them out of the building in the tub, but that's like, yeah, what he saved three people. We have to assume tons and tons of people are dying. So they're, is really no oversight to the Avengers at this point, other than shield, which turns out to be corrupt. So the other movie that leads big into this is captain America Two: the winter soldier. So there, which I think is like a big factor argument for Zach's side. It's like, well, look, the government can be corrupt. Look what happened to shield. That was the governing body that was working closely with the Avengers, you know? So, I think that argument swings both ways. So just to dig into the art, man, I think we sent the stage well enough for it. But the 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 government, yes, can be corrupt. And that is a huge problem with the government, whether it's real world or fictional. But the government is made up of people, bodies of people who, uh, for the most part, are trained and elected by the people, even if they have they all have human, you know, fallacies to them. They are representative of the people that voted to put them in that position. Whereas the Avengers appointed themselves. The Avengers are just these powered beings and making their own decisions. You know, Tony can equally be corrupt. Tony can, Tony's not perfect and he's made lots of mistakes. He creates their main villain in age of Ultron. So the, they're a smaller body of unelected officials. And also I want to point out, especially, uh, you know, in phase one through three, mostly like white Americans. I may, maybe not leading into you know some what, of the Avengers. Yeah, they're they're. How many Avengers aren't American? Natasha. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, she's, she she's like a, a naturalized American at that point. She's working for Shield. She's it, American it, citizen. It also depends on who are the Avengers. Like, there's lots of characters that aren't necessarily Avengers that are in the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Spider Man shows up. Black Panther shows up and they're not Avengers yet, you know? In, in, yes. But at that point in the story, we're talking about in Civil War with the Sokovia Accords, Black Panther is not an Avenger. You right. know, Spy Spider-Man also still American. So they're mostly like white Americans. There's no representation for, yeah, the, rest of, for the rest of the world. With that, yeah. And that brings, that's, so that's the first quote I have from this 
so this little scene in their argument in that oh, little conference cool. room 117 countries want to sign this sam and you're just like nah that's cool we got it so that's what war machine says and so you have 117 countries around the world agreeing that the sokovia accords are necessary and important and i definitely don't think it's something like vision says that can be dismissed out of hand mm -hmm. it's the you've got the whole world looking at it saying this and the United that's what they said about the United Nations. They said this is the UN. Like this is and yes, the UN, just like these other governing bodies we talked about, are not perfect. But the UN is made up of a collective of people from all around the world representing multiple interests from all these countries, a diverse panel representing multiple interests, not just Americans. And they can make these decisions with the benefit of the world in mind. They're elected officials from their communities. So you said something early on that I just want to point out. Um, so just because an individual is elected does not mean they're trained or even necessarily um, qualified to do the job. Anybody can run for an election and then, you know, anybody could win that election. But um, to kind of go with what you're saying, like, yeah, I definitely going to lean into the governments can be corrupt. You know, if if the Avengers are now having to operate under the UN's guidance, you know what I'm saying? They'd then become the the UN's mightiest heroes, not Earth's mightiest heroes. But the UN they is have the... To yeah, what about under, the, the other 80 or so countries that weren't well, invited or didn't get to sign this UN deal? How are they represented in this? Like, So now there's another governing body making decisions that they don't have a say in. Like how how does so that help the, them out? The thing is that we can we can nitpick every like we can nitpick democracy all day long, but it's the best system that we have. That's why we use it. It's it's not perfect, and yes, those representative electors you're talking about are not perfect but if we had a better system we would be using it so i think that the important thing to remember is even if they're not perfect those elected officials are the and i'm going to get to your point first and then yours but those elected mm -hmm. officials are um the best representation we have for that body of people and so even if they are fallible they still represent the people who chose to vote for them so like that's the voice of those people that's the that's their way of getting themselves represented out there so yes that, that's just that's just what we have and if we had a and by narrowing it down to the avengers we're limiting the voice to people who weren't chosen who elected themselves and then to your point the other countries that weren't elected we have to go with again the best system that we have we have a hundred if we have the majority if we have the un like the organized system of nations that's trying to make decisions for the betterment of the world we have the majority making this decision we have to go with the majority that's the fairest way to do it we can't set we can we can nitpick everything all day long and, and then do nothing we can say oh we're not representing you know, that person way over there and, and okay, so then we'll do nothing. And so we don't have a better option. I think, I think what they should have done is the, the governments that are, are wanting to sign the Sokovia Accords, what they should have done is made it like an internal law for them, there's themselves or, or whatever, an internal Sokovia Accords where it prohibits the Avengers from operating in their country if they don't want the Avengers to operate in their country. But to to blanket and do the world, they can't operate without the say-so of the UN. Like, that turns the Avengers potentially into um, a weapon or a, I don't want to say like a policing force, but basically it, it turns them into um, 
it, it creates it, it kind of like an arms new, race you know, as they well. Can... Like the countries that don't have the representation in that UN Sokovia Accords, like what's stopping them from creating their own version of the Avengers? And now like what's stopping them, like he's saying, from weaponizing them? But that's already happening, regardless of the Sokovia Awards. That's not, already that's there so here's the next no, line. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. If if the UN or, or the United States gets into a war with a different country. What's stopping the UN from saying, okay, well, now Avengers, you operate under, under us. And so I, we, the UN are telling you to go and fight this war against this other country that doesn't have uh, enhanced individuals. They're going to start a war with 117 countries. Don't you think they're probably in the wrong if 117 countries agree against them? You're saying the Avengers? No, I'm saying whatever this small country you're talking about is that the... No, not necessarily. It doesn't have to be small. Whatever, whatever. Okay, so say... Just because you're in the majority doesn't mean you're right. Just because you're in the majority doesn't necessarily mean you're right, but the the Avengers as a whole, they're meant... Can we agree that the Avengers are meant to help people? Yeah. So if they're going to help people, should should they not be... Uh, the people should have a say but, in how on. they help. So the people if, should have a say in their role in society. This is the the majority of people in the world not trying I mean, to trying to control them. So we can also like separate it too. Like let's say the Sokovia Accords weren't necessarily presented, but do we agree or disagree with the fact that like the the Avengers need to have some sort of checks and balances in place to where they're not just operating as independent military people. You know, which, like, and which they, I think, like, maybe the Sokovia Accords is not the answer, but Zach, do you think that superheroes should be underneath some sort of governing body or some sort of uh, organization or something that's keeping these balances in check? I, which they were. So in, in, yeah, I think the answer, my answer is no, because. The purpose of superheroes is to operate outside of the law. Being a superhero in and of itself is like, you know, normally an illegal, like vigilantism is illegal. But at like in these fictitious worlds, necessary. So I think that the Avengers are necessary and they shouldn't necessarily have somebody who dictates their actions. They, what, their governing body should be is their morality. You know, these are the good guys. But is it not arrogant for Captain America to decide that his morality is the morality for the entire world? Like he's, you've well, got- that's what I'm saying is if, if they, if these other countries feel that they don't want the Avengers to potentially operate in their countries, then they should prohibit that. You know, it would be like. Um, so what if there? What if there's a situation where the the their government is militarizing and starting World War Three? Like if if you had the Avengers in the time of World War Two and you had the power to send the Avengers over to Nazi Germany and stop what they were doing, mm-hmm. would that not be the right choice? It would be, but the the government doesn't always make the right choice. That's what Captain America says. He says. But you're what saying, if we need to go somewhere and they don't let us? But you're saying that if if Adolf Hitler had so had banded together and said we Captain don't want America the was around. I mean, I was deep into that sentence. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> if uh, if Adolf Hitler had said had banded with you know German officials and said we don't want the Avengers to operate on this soil, then they shouldn't have been able to go over there and stop him. 
Yeah, but, well, okay, but what you're saying is kind of like, yeah, what I'm saying, but if if it's blanketed, right, then it, the same thing is happening. Like, okay, if Germany says that they can't go over there, that's basically the same thing as saying that the UN is saying that they can't go over there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but it would be up to it, a, it would be up to a majority. So Germany would be one country amongst 117 countries if they were in the UN at that time, and which didn't exist. I think that. I, pro- I mean, I would like to think. Hopefully, think that's why it was invented. That <laughs> that they would have voted to send the Avengers in to stop something like that. But I think Captain America is right in saying that we can't we can't like uh, put our fate in their hands because what if. There's something we have to do, and they don't let us. So Captain America has a line, let me find it in here, where he says, he said, we, we may not be perfect, but, can't find it, but I'm, I'm going by memory. Yeah. He said, we, we may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. Now, just imagine that same line being said by a gun owner after a school shooting which I feel like is the same position he's in. They just blew up a building in this foreign country and killed a bunch of people. Not Wanda's fault, not her intention. She made a mistake. She is not perfect, but they should be subject to some kind of analysis and repercussion of a decision of where they should be sent. And then, okay, if you're ineffective, you can be removed from this position. You can, they should be subject to some kind of analysis. So if he's basically fighting additional checks and balances, like if, if there's a school shooting and then the next day said, all right, we need stricter gun laws. And then Captain America said, we may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. We need guns to fight guns. That's the stance that Captain America's taking. But you're, you're completely changing the circumstances. You could take any line and, and twist it that way. I mean, that's completely twisting it. Like that's something. How do you see that line? Huh? How do you see that line being represented? Well, like, I think the way that Captain America is saying is the context we should be taking it in. We can't just change the context. Well, they they mishandled, they they mishandled a weapon and people died. And he's saying the safest hands are still our own. If you were a gun owner and you accidentally shot the kid across the street and then somebody changed, take the school shooting out of the equation, you accidentally fired your gun in your home. It went through the wall and killed the kid across the street. And then would you still say the safest hands are still our own? You mishandled a very valuable weapon. He's denying oversight to that. So you're, what you're saying right now is that there should be some type of consequences for actions that that lead to somebody's death. Not just consequences. And I agree. Oversight, checks and balances. They should have elite, like someone that they... Report. They were in a country that no one knew they were in. Like they entered this country without going through customs and stuff. Like you can't do that. Like you, there's, like Andrew's saying, there's checks and balances to these things. They're illegally in a country. And then on top of that, they killed people even though it wasn't their intention, but that's what ended up happening. So, I mean, that essentially happens. Like, I mean, sometimes there's secret military forces that are but like that going in itself into countries. Start a war. These American citizens are going over to another country and the business that they were conducting ended up killing people. Yeah, and let's just acknowledge the fact that the Avengers are specifically American. Even if they have members... You know, even if Wanda is not American, she's from Sokovia, they are based out of America, operating, you know, their base operations on American soils, they're majority American, they're taking American objectives and and uh, and allegiances into account when they make their decisions, primarily. You're saying the Avengers are? Yes. No, I don't think so. 
Do you think that they're, I think that they're not so much a force for global good in the opening of civil war. They, they are moralistic. They want to do the best for the best people, but at the end of the day, they are allegiant to America. It, it I mean, Aaron and I were kind of talking about this, but you can look at Captain America has an American flag on his shield. <laughs> you can look at the, I mean, yeah, they are. I'm not saying they're not based in America and, and operate out of America, but I think that they are operating in what to them is the, the greater good. Like they, in, um, in age of Ultron in the opening, they're going around and, and shutting down, you know, arms dealers and, and shutting down Hydra, which is Nazis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're not necessarily, I don't think, but you could look at it from the, from Hydra's point of view and, and the Avengers are the bad guys, you know, I think that I, I think as a society, you would, most people would agree that shutting down, the Nazis is is I think a greater I, good cause. I think that Rhodey calls Cap. I think he's accurate in calling Captain America dangerously arrogant because Cap is deciding, much like America has done throughout all of history, that his view of right and wrong is the right answer for the entire world. He's deciding that unilaterally. I mean, not that he's not usually right. Love the guy. He's <laughs> he's makes great decisions, but that can't work for forever. If yeah, not not anyone can just be like, oh, well, I killed these people because it was for the greater good. And maybe 10 out of the 15 people that that person ended up killing were bad guys. But what about the five that weren't? Like, they made a judgment mistake. You know, like, you, you can't just have anyone going out there making that decision without laws and, and a process in place. Yeah, well, they're know? not just anyone. They're the Avengers. I know, but the Avengers are in this case just anyone. They're not. They're not operating under any sort of law at all. There's a lot more good points in it that I haven't gotten to in these quotes. I want to touch on. So there's. So Vision says during the eight years since Mister Stark announced himself as Iron Man, the number of known enhanced person has grown at exponentially, and during the same period, the number of potentially world-ending events has risen at a commensurate rate. And he follows that up by saying, "Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. Conflict breeds breeds catastrophe. Oversight is not an idea that can be dismissed out of hand." So that's goes back to the point that you mentioned earlier, where it having this group could cause fringe groups to create their, I mean, that's already happening. They already, they already created Wanda and Pietro as weapons against the Avengers with the Mind Stone. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is whiplash. Yeah. This is happening regardless of whether the, they are supported by the UN or not. So, so first of all, I think that's like this conversation in the movie. I just love the way that it plays out and everyone (laughs) delivers their lines and, and the ideologies that are being expressed from the different Avengers. It gives them like a, not just oh if you look at these badass superheroes but like it, it gives him like a kind of more human characteristics but i think that black widow steps in at the end too and makes like the actual best points which like i i wasn't suspecting because she's like they point out to her they're like aren't you the girl who just told the government to go screw itself and she steps in and makes like the best points for my argument at the end which yeah. i'll get to so anyways what i was going to say to that though is like i forget the the like fancy term for it but it's um essentially like a coincidence you know what i'm saying like while iron man revealing himself um and then these things are increasing doesn't necessarily mean it's because iron man revealed himself now it's correlation versus causation right right yeah yeah, yeah. so there's and with some of the instances of course it's because of how tony stark's operating um 
you know, specifically with Ultron, but like Hydra's always been there. Specifically you know? with all of his villains. Well, yeah, <laughs> everyone. That them. is pretty true with Iron Man. <laughs> but like Hydra, for example, has been operating long before Tony Stark revealed himself. You know, and they are maybe now they're getting to where they're more powerful to where they can cause these potentially world-ending catastrophes. So. Like, yes, some of them, so in some cases, um, these threats do exist because the Avengers are around. And their, their uh, whatever it is, their power does invite conflict. Um, but at the same time, there's going to be instances where, um, for example, Thanos has always been on a hunt for the Infinity Stones. So he would have gotten the Infinity Stones, at, you know, probably quicker than he did than if the Avengers were around. And then when he used them, there would have been nobody to, to stop, to go back and stop him because the Avengers wouldn't have been around, you know? So I think there's a yes and no to, to that. I mean, I think there's a good point to be made in what if Thanos arrived at Wakanda and the Avengers just didn't have time to get approval for everything they needed to do to move from the U S to Wakanda to make all, I think that there's a good point in that for, going against the UN being able to make decisions for them. But I would, I would say that even though decisions will probably be made slower, the Avengers can still operate really similarly to how they do now. The, I mean, we've seen, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Finish. We've seen in this world, how Nick Fury just flat out does what he wants to do. And he is fine. Like the, when they're ordering the nuke on New York city, he says, I acknowledge the council's decision, but I see that it is a stupid ass decision. So I will not be doing that. And then he goes so far as to fire a missile launcher at the first plane that they send off. Who is the director of shield in the next movie? Nick Fury. Yeah. So I don't, I think that while this is in name, the Sokovia Accords is just kind of, it's kind of a backdrop or a foundation for them to start from. And if they have to go and do something and get the job done, it'll still be subject to review afterwards, which is what I think is important. Cause okay. And, and I can, you know, and that's different. That's different than that. We don't know specifically what the Sokovia Accords say. And if that's how it's operating, like I can live with that. There's, and yeah, I agree. There should probably be some review of the mission and, and um, you know, some, somebody looking into things. Right. But, like, That's you, different than having it be a before the fact thing. It, you can't. You're you're stopping them from potentially like saving the world. But can you not also agree that that Cap is being in the wrong in this situation because he's essentially just breaking the band up, and when he could have taken the time to actually see how the Sokovia Accords took effect? Because if he waits you know, a month and sees if the Sokovia Accords are actually affecting them negatively and then does the same thing and breaks off from the band. The consequences are still the same as if he does it now. He's just, he's just immediately destroying the group. I mean, out of, they are both reacting emotionally. Like you could, I mean, Iron Man's trying to keep them together. I, okay. That doesn't make, make him right though. Like Iron Man is like you said coming off the back of age of ultron where he is directly responsible for ultron and all the people that died as a result of that so he's probably feeling some type of guilt and and, and is that that's why he's ready to sign because he's caps, guilty caps response to that guilt is like 
if someone dies on your watch, you don't give up. His like his response is like, we just keep going. Captain like, America's a soldier. Yeah, like is, hopefully we make the that, right that decision next that, time. That kid wasn't a soldier. He was a student on break building houses for the poor. Right. He didn't sign up for that. You can't treat him like he's another soldier who died in battle. And Tony's guilt is totally warranted. I think he laces it with a lot of rational, logical thinking because he says he has a line where he says that if we don't make this decision, it'll be made for us and that won't be pretty. And he's right. Like the they're, the government's saying, this is what you need to do. And Cap's just choosing to become a fugitive from the law right away. He's out of the drop of a hat. So, yeah. So Captain America doesn't choose to become a fugitive. He's not making that decision. The decision is, do they sign or do they not sign? We, again, don't know what the Sokovia Accords say. So does he become a fugitive for not signing? He what becomes if- a fugitive for breaking Bucky out of like that secure facility breaking the law i think we have to like move ourselves away from sokovia cords just a little bit like should they be under a governing body or should they not you know because you're right we don't know all the details but that can't just be your only reason of like why we can't sign these accords well we have to assume a lot of things we don't you know, i mean i agree we have to assume based off what cap is saying like his his negative we have to assume like his negative side to be true because i feel like no one really contests him on the fact like what if they don't want it what if they want to send us somewhere we don't go yeah. nobody's really like they're gonna send it us everywhere say we that. want right to yeah yeah so, so i think it, it's just it's hard to go off of uh, something that we don't really know all the details yeah, of. That's what I'm saying. Because who knows what it says? That's it, what I'm it saying. Say like, that that's there's what I'm, no oversight. Like, who, you know, we don't that's know. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think that these superheroes, any superheroes, should be under a governing body or should they just be able to act on their own? I think that's the argument here. He's, he's, he said, you said already. I think you. that in the case of the Avengers, since they are so much of like a public figure team that their missions should be subject to review um, and potentially have consequences uh, based on, you know, the contents of the mission. Got him. <laughs> but this is where, this is where Tony says that's different than saying, don't allow them to operate. So you think they, they should be able to do with whatever they please and then be reviewed consequences afterwards. afterwards. Potentially. Not you. I mean, whatever they please is a negative connotation. <laughs> like, I feel like that's kind of how it is, though, because they did whatever they want. They were a fugitive, and now half the team got arrested. So that's that's kind of where we're at already. Yeah, I mean, that's you're talking. You're referring to Ant Man and uh, yep. Clint being yep. arrested. Yeah. I mean, I I think that. Got, oh yeah, I said Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> Sam. Got arrested. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that they should have been arrested in that scenario. They, I mean, what are they being arrested for? The for fight, like for assaulting cap, like for assaulting Iron Man. I'm sure Iron Man wouldn't press those charges. You could, I mean, they're they if we're if they're breaking the law by breaking out, they aided and abetted Captain America and breaking the law. Aiding aiding and abetting a fugitive. Okay, that makes sense. So, and like property destruction i mean they destroyed the whole airport well all of them did you know? <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. you were about to say another quote yeah i want to get back to these quotes get on track so which one are we up to iron man says we need to be put in check whatever form that takes i'm game if we can't accept limitations we're boundaryless we're no better than the bad guys i think that's a really good point that if they're if they're not subject to some form of control then what's the difference between them and just doing whatever they want all right 
so I hear what you're saying. I think, again, kind of like I said earlier, I think their boundaries, um, their, their control is themselves. Like, these guys are the good guys, you know? Um, they're doing what's right, you know? I mean, they're not perfect, and, and yeah, people die, but in these instances more people i mean mine is sokovia because again that's directly iron man specifically's fault um and bruce banner let's <laughs> spread the blame a little bit of blame on too. <laughs> a little bit of, yeah, a little bit of bruce banner blame but I, now i've lost my train of thought but basically what i'm saying is like they're doing what's good they're doing the right thing and and yes it's sad and and unfortunate that people are dying but it's they're protecting more people than than are dying. But the doing the right thing, I mean, if so if, if, if Iron Man, if Loki Iron, would have invaded no matter what, and then what? The Earth subjugated. Would Ultron? Would Ultron have? No, but I already said that's Iron Man's fault. Yeah, he's one of the Avengers, so he. So made, then he should face the consequences. Why does the whole team well, have to be? Well, why does it just have to be about consequences after the fact? What if we could prevent these events from happening? Yeah, then we should prevent them. But and how do you think we would be able to prevent them if it wasn't for a governing body? Most of the instances are probably not preventable. Like I said, Loki could not have been prevented by the government signing some document. He was coming no matter what. The government would have, and, and they did because at the time it was Shield. They sent the Avengers in right away, even as a brand new team. So I think that's, I think that the UN would in my opinion, operate in a similar way. When there's an alien threat that is just a threat to society, why would they not just send the Avengers in? The, what what Cap would maybe be worried about is what, like local squabbles between governments? Like he's, that's something he didn't want to be involved in anyway in Captain America too. When a soldier, he didn't want to be involved in S.H.I.E.L.D.'s dirty work. So I think that he's worried about the Avengers being politicized or chained. Like they can't, it's a good line. He says that it's still run by people. People have agendas and agendas change. Yeah. So So why are the Avengers above all other people? Why don't they have agendas that change? What is he like he thinks they're perfect? I mean, I'm not I don't necessarily think he thinks they're perfect, but their agenda is it is unchanging. Like their agenda is to protect people, protect the world and and stop the bad guys. Like you know, I mean if if um I mean, we'll probably see this here in the near future with the MCU, but um, with um, Secret Invasion, you know, the scrolls are going to be some probably put in power or something, or or a bad guy is going to probably be put in power, and then that agenda changes. So if the Avengers now have to, you know, by law follow this corrupt individual's new agenda, why are we assuming they're corrupt? I'm. Well, we ha- we're assuming a lot of things. Why are we assuming they're good? You know, I'm not assuming they're good. I'm assuming they're representative of the people that elected them. But I'm saying is, we have scrolls in the MCU, so that scroll could just replace the president, and then now we have now the scroll looks like the president, but is is pushing the United States or the world in a different direction. So then the, the Avengers would be subject to following that new agenda. I feel I'm, like the Avengers will be able to determine too. Like, there's got to be like a failsafe in 
this kind of agreement too, to where it's like, okay, this is deemed in corrupt and it's through these processes that this is deemed corrupt. Again, the point of the 117 countries, the, the scrolls would have to, that, this is another thing that makes the Avengers even more foolproof is this plan because the Avengers navigating within themselves could be corrupted as an, a group of 10 a lot easier than the entire government system of 117 countries. Now, like even to just get the majority in there, you'd have to get what? Almost 60 countries. So the, if the president was of the US was taken over, he'd be in a lot more control and influence of the Avengers now than if they were beholden to the UN because all of the the investment that the Avengers have in the US and allegiance they have to the US government and shield up until the point of its disbandment. I think that I think it's all the more helpful, but uh I had you had a point that I wanted to tie into this Black Widow line as well. Um so she says we've had some very public mistakes, we have to win their trust back. And I think in this instance, she's kind of talking about the government, but I think it can also lend to like the people. Um, I don't remember what exactly you said that made me think of this, but it ties back to a point that you already made. The Avengers, so imagine imagine you're watching the Avengers from like the ground level. Like you're a, a waiter, waitress in middle America. You see like these all powerful beings on the news. They are more of a concept to you than a reality. And you think in your heart of hearts, they're going and saving people and doing the right thing. But also maybe you have some reservations and fears surrounding all the power they hold. And then one day it's on the news that we're presenting these Sokovia Accords to the Avengers where they will be subject to oversight by 117 countries across the globe trying to decide what is best for their actions. And then you see on the news, Avengers have refused the Sokovia Accords, choose to operate as independent contractors and do whatever they, not whatever they please, and operate based on their own best moral guidelines. As somebody who has never met the Avengers and sees them more as a concept, would you not be afraid of the concept of these powerful people refusing? She's talking about winning their trust back. I think that after seeing like a bunch of innocent people die in an explosion in this foreign country at the beginning of Civil War, just the average person would be a lot comforted by seeing some oversight and control to this massively powerful force. Potentially, but at the same time, like in a real world example, the government decided that they were going to drop, you know, atomic bombs on citizens in Japan. They didn't ask the people's permission. They decided that that was the best call. And I know that if I was alive, then and they asked people to vote, I would not vote to drop an atomic bomb on citizens and kids. You know what I'm saying? Like the the government is gonna do what's best for the the country, you know. Government gonna in do their opinion. Government gonna or do whoever is you know whoever is um in charge at the time. So I don't know, man. It's it's definitely a, compl a complicated issue. But we if if I'm a person and and I see that these people are you know defending good, I think that you know. Right now, in, in in the real world, or, or I guess years ago, but in if 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 the, if the United States goes to a war, right? The military, there's there's collateral damage, you know, and citizens die, you know, and it's sad, but it's we can't uh, we don't demonize the soldiers because there's collateral damage, you know what I'm saying? But I think there's a lot more responsibility when you have the power that the Avengers have. Like when you have the power to kick somebody 
straight through their chest or to like when you have when your vision and you could just obliterate an entire city i think that there's a lot more that goes into judging somebody with that much i mean so for example like have you seen con air no I but th- real quick <laughs> just talking about um the men's power like in the real world certain countries have the ability to wipe places completely off the map in in a matter of like seconds and that is like you know what i'm saying like they, it's they have also this not huge it's amount also of not power up to one, one person or a very small group of people either i mean that's yeah. not true it is in some instances I mean, I think in the instance that you mentioned, in the instance of uh, the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki, there, the yes, the president made that decision. I'm sure it was also made a- across the entire cabinet, you know, across uh, multiple people's input and you know, generals' input and things like that. But also, millions of people voted to elect our president at the time. Millions of people elected him, trusting his judgment to do that. Nobody elected the Avengers to go and use their immense power. You know, the, they, they through happenstance or, you know, through some government project were a regular person who was chosen by, he was chosen by one guy. You know, most of the, Tommy Lee Jones didn't even agree with him for the choice. Mm-hmm. So one person put their faith in Steve Rogers and now he has all this power and influence over a group of people that are each in their own, like could be like huge threats to nations at the same time though. Like, yeah, there's not a formal election for the Avengers, but the Avengers themselves basically elected Captain America as the leader. You know what I'm saying? Like six people. Yeah. <laughs> but he was, but he, billion. I, I think the other thing, the other point I was trying to make too is uh, when I brought up the movie Con Air, which might sound way out of left field, um, in that movie, and I don't know about the accuracy of this, but I could see it playing out in a realistic courtroom. He is uh, a trained military official. Or he's, he's a trained military person. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got crazy skills. Person attack, attacks him outside at a bar, initiates the fight. He kills that person with their knife, and then he goes to jail because of the fact that basically his training makes him a deadly threat and he had the capability to disarm that situation without like mortal violence mm-hmm. and he chose not to. So like the Avengers kind of have that responsibility on them, even if that's not like a true legal document. I think the point still stands that they have the responsibility of you have the ability to of superhuman powers. You have to be treated as though you're held to a higher standard. And I agree. And it's not like they're choosing to to have these people die but it also can't be like whoops we killed 50 people (laughs) and in most instances they're not doing the killing you know what i'm saying like it's a causation of the yeah situation that they're yeah and i'm not i'm not blaming them for the for whatever outside force comes in i'm not using that like they're that conflict breeds catastrophe. I'm not saying that it's their fault that these forces come, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that there should be some oversight to how far can they take it, you know, to what level of minutia can they come down and get involved in some other country, you know, like crossbones, not crossbones. I got that right. Yeah. Okay. Right. I thought I mixed up the yeah. same crossbones versus Loki. I mean, one's easy, like, yeah, get in there, team. Get yeah, get, get off the bench. You know, it's it's a little different. Um, 
I have a few questions for you, Andrew, and, and your position on this. So like the three points of what I can think of, of why maybe a governing body isn't the best idea is um, a few of them we've touched on, but maybe we can elaborate a little more. But the first one is like just slow decision making, you know, like how do you get 117 people in a room fast enough or on a Zoom call fast enough and have them talk about the problem at hand and come to an agreement quick enough to stop something that's happening. Um, and then Andrew's or sorry, Zach's touched on this too. Like what about corruption? Um, I feel like that's a, a big one. I, I think, I think corruption could cause a problem even if the corruption isn't the majority of the panel. Um, and then the third one is what, what qualifies something as worthy for the Avengers to go and fight and save and to suit up? Like what, like how is that determined? You know, like if there is some bad guy in New York, like why are the other 116 countries going to come in and be like, Oh yeah, you should stop them. You yeah, know, like think, how do you determine that? I, I think that there's no, I know that we've been doing a lot of kind of subjective guessing at what the Soviet Accords might have said specifically, but there is no realistic way that the Sokovia Accords say that the Avengers can only go in when 117 countries vote and decide that they can go in because then the Avengers would essentially be doing nothing. They'd be doing cleanup. There's no time to get 117 people in a room and make a decision. I think that the basis of 117 people being involved is i think that statement that cap's making is more about they're gonna the scovia Accords are gonna get together and decide on rules and regulations for the avengers and if if they tell the avengers you can't operate on foreign soil then at the end of the day although you know they the avengers might not be as effective those those countries the majority of those countries for that decision to be made would be saying we don't want your help and you and if they say we don't want your help and then they come there anyway and then people die like in the case of the beginning of civil war now you have a huge international incident on your hands where they have refused your help you've decided we're going to force you to take our help and then you've made the situation worse which i i think ultimately is what's important here i mean i, I i'm what points am i missing here from your questions uh that was good i liked how you before we move on i liked how you said um that the 117 countries are not necessarily dictating every move, but they're coming up with the rules in which they have to <coughs> execute their actions. We have to imagine too that these countries have, they exist in this world where New York has been decimated by an alien invasion from the Chitari. They're not gonna, they, how could they say, we never want the Avengers over here. They're going to say, we want the Avengers over here in these specific circumstances. I just want to say... It's going to limit them. But like Tony said, if they're limitless or boundaryless, then they're just chaotic. They're, you know, chaotic good. Like they're basically a step away yeah, from how do, you, how do you separate a, a good guy from a bad guy if both of them can just break the law at any time? The big point about really anything in life that we can take away is that it's all about perspective mm -hmm. and you know from the other side of a lot of countries we're the bad guys as america so that's why we have to try to get as many voices and as many diverse voices in the room for these rules and regulations as possible i was just gonna say that we're doing a lot of assuming right now like 
you know i mean i get that's going to be part of this argument just because this is not real and we don't really have a lot to go off of uh, but even assuming that not 117 countries have to be you know involved in all the decisions that's an assumption we don't know but how do we how are we thinking logistically that 107 people 117 countries are going to get together to decide that the avengers can lift a finger what situations would they even be sending them to I don't know, Thanos. They'd be, sending, they'd be sending them to last week's news. Right. That's what I'm saying. And that's what Captain America is saying is that what can't are, be what how are, they operate. What are some of your assumptions that would go towards your side of the argument? Like, it, it's not like we're the only, or this side, like Iron Man's side, the government's side. Like, we're not the only ones making assumptions. Like, you can make assumptions too. Well, like, realistically, with, with my side of the argument, there's no assumptions needed because the Avengers would operate how they normally operate, how they've been operating. We would we know that if Thanos invades, that they're going to go to that. They're going to go and stop the bad guy wherever the evil is. How do we how, how do we even know for sure that they're going to go though? They cuz they did. What if they what if they made other plans? What if they're what if they're all, you know how they're all off-world killing Thanos? Uh, what happens when a world-ending threat happens then? I'm saying I'm talking. Did, did they make the decision to leave anybody behind in that instance? I don't know. Who was defending Earth while they flew all the way across the galaxy well, to the to Andrew Darden about like your B tier super Daredevil you know, wasn't the, there. The ground level Netflix. No. If, <laughs> if Daredevil exists in that world already, nah. But to jump back real quick to um in the in the first Avengers movie, the government, like you said, decides to drop a nuke on its own. New York City. It's not like they're dropping it in the middle of, you know, somewhere. I don't know, the, some desert or something in the United States. They're dropping it on, like, probably the most populated, most uh, uh, dense population uh, in the United States. And they're just making that decision to drop a nuke. And thank God the Avengers were there to stop that. You know and, what I'm saying? And yes, the government can be corrupt. That's why we're putting so many different voices into this. That's why we're using the entire UN. I mean, it's like I said, it's the best system we have. I don't think it's perfect. I think it. I think a lot of times it's shitty. But if we, like I said, if we had a better system, you bet your ass we'd be using it already. I think if you have the system in place, what's to say that the superheroes can't just go do what they think is best, anyways? Which I think is something that Zach would agree with. You if know, they, like all right, let's sign this. Let's make sure that we're trying our best to work within the system. We're not above the law here because if we were, we're no better than the bad guys. But if you wholeheartedly don't agree, or maybe you're, you heard of something going on over here, like you just go do it. See, I think that that makes a lot of sense, but if that's a possibility, it, and this is something I don't want to believe about cap, but is cap not a complete ass for not going with that? If that is a route they can go, I mean, I, that's that's the only thing that makes me think that it, it wasn't that route because I feel like Cap would have been on board for that. Yeah, like at the time, right now, signing this agreement could be the best for everyone, but that doesn't mean that like his hands are tied. But you we know, don't like, know. It might mean that we don't know. Well, his hands aren't going to be physically tied. He can go do what he still thinks is best, but at least there's some sort of checks and balances in place or consequences after the fact. You would know, you, to help govern his decisions. Would you argue that he could do more good as what nomad as a free agent than he could do as a member of the Avengers with limitations? I mean, 
it's kind of a tough like does he what access does he have as nomad like say so he has access to the avengers he has access to in the movies the- okay well when as he's when he's nomad he's working with wakanda so he has he still has the transportation he still has backup like i think yes i think he could do more good as nomad than as captain america with limitations because with limitations he's limited and the actions that he can you know he can conduct as nomad if there's something if the job needs to be done he can go and do it i mean if there's a world-ending threat and the avengers are going to it i mean they've got the a-tier avengers on captain on iron man's side they've got like vision and then cap's going to show up there and try to help and they're going to arrest him well captain america's team one he's gonna right. ha- he's gonna have to work behind the scenes doing what the way things the way he's decided to go captain america's team beat the a-list avengers in the fight yeah <laughs> Because the because Cap because Iron Man's team wasn't trying to kill them, Captain America team wasn't trying to kill them either. Well, Sam accidentally got Rhodey paralyzed, so <laughs> that was Vision. That was Vision because of Sam. Should have taken that hit to the back. Should have should have <laughs> just let him shoot him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. But the, now we're just throwing blame wherever we want. But the only reason that they were in that pursuit in the first place was because of Cap's decision. So that's why he got hurt. They were in that position because tony stark created a killer robot that murdered people yeah and but captain america is refusing to accept and, the comp the, and iron man decided to do that on his own but, no one asked for the world to be encased by this uh suit of protection you know? what do you and say, iron what man you didn't say? ask the avengers he didn't consult the team what do you say when you're on a team though that you accept the the highs and lows you win as, and lose as a team you win and lose as a team and cap is refusing to accept he, he's not cap's not saying all right get tony out of here cap is defending tony and keeping him on the team but also saying the team should not invite any consequences to their actions he never says that he never he's says not we accept- shouldn't he's face not, any he's, he's not accepting the the consequence you can't choose your own consequences i don't know man I he's, think he's that, like, nope, try again. I'll t- I, <laughs> try round two. I don't like this. I see what you're saying. I do see what you're saying. But like, would Batman ever sign the Sokovia Accords? You know, no, saying? absolutely not. Exactly. Exactly. And doesn't mean that. But is Batman in the right? Batman is always in the right. I, I would. I would. <laughs> it's yeah. his superpower. I would respect Batman for making that decision, too. But it doesn't mean that it's the right decision. I mean, I like. I, I like superheroes like working outside the law and I think it's awesome the way that they're vigilantes and they have to be, you know, they have to do things that maybe in these fictional universes the justice system can't do. But realistically, it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> I think that the Avengers in the MCU are such public figures. Like I think almost every Avenger, everybody knows who they are, you know? So I think maybe that adds to the sense of a need for something like this but if the avengers were operating in the shadows like you know it it maybe wouldn't be as like prominent in your face you know what i'm saying because you know i mean even even if and so in the comic books the i I don't i don't know what it's called but basically the sokovia accords in civil war of the comic books basically want all the the hero enhanced regi- individuals the, the to be able hero registration act right right yeah i think that's what it's called they have to be basically unmasked the government has to know their name their powers and and all of that stuff um 
So it's like it's a better argument against it in the comics because you're putting all these people's families at risk. Yeah. Whereas what we're arguing in the so in the movie Civil War, they've all elected to do that of their own free will. They're just being at. They're just like the government's coming and knocking on the Avengers door, and they said, "Hey, we got this group of people that all agrees that you guys could use some checks and balances, and we'd really like you to accept that." And Captain America said. Get out of my house. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think that I think that Cap is I, I still think he's right because I think he's, it's he's just, thinking way more emotionally. Tony's taking emotional information through a funnel and making logical decisions based off the emotional information. Cap I think he's making emotional decisions based off of emotional information. I think that it's it's I think they're both reacting emotionally and it's no secret that Tony Stark is smarter than um, than Captain America, but so I don't know. It it just doesn't feel like, um, to me at least, it doesn't feel like Tony Stark is thinking straight. You know what I'm saying? We already know throughout the MCU that Tony Stark has like um struggles kind of with his like his mental health. You know, um, and there's there's like hints of him and his drinking problems, and there's he's got the PTSD and he gets anxiety and stuff like that. So like he's reacting emotionally so people with mental health problems can't make the right decision huh that's not what i said i'm just saying that just calling him into question he might not be thinking clearly for having ptsd you're you're making it sound like he's you know clear-eyed and has really thought everything through and um he he i don't think he has you know what i'm saying he's he's reacting to gotta keep the team together Let's acknowledge the point, too, that when they're all talking in the scene that we've been referencing the whole time, Tony is silent. They have to actually ask for his opinion. Nat says, Tony, you've been uncharacteristically quiet this whole time. Mm -hmm. So what's he been doing? He's been sitting there listening to everyone's opinion in the room while everyone else had word vomit and blooded out what they had to say. Tony is acting like a real leader and listening to what everyone has to say, listening to their points before he speaks. He has to be asked to speak. And then he steps up and gives a logical basis for his decisions. That's not just kind of like this moral philosophical BS. He's like, we need to be put in check for this reason. This is like, this is the evidence in the past. This is what we've done wrong. Here's what I think he's being very logical. Captain America is being logical too. Yeah. I, he's I, not I, reacting. I mean, I, like I said, they both are reacting emotionally, but it's not like Captain America's like just some pie in the sky idea. It's a realistic possibility that, Something comes up that the Avengers need to take care of, and the Sokovia Accords prohibit them from taking care of that. That's that's a like a logical yeah, progression it, it, of his. It makes it hard to side. Well. It makes it hard to side with the Sokovia Accords when Captain America keeps ending up being right. You know, like he he uh, in the beginning, they all think that Bucky uh, set off that bomb at the UN meeting, and it wasn't Bucky. And now the government is going after Bucky um, with lethal force. And then also Captain America was right that uh, there was more corruption where Zemo got in and Zemo Zemo (laughs) got in and uh, corrupted Bucky. To where he went back to so like Zemo corrupted the Avengers. That's a his his point of right, controlling Iron Man, manipulating Cap versus Iron Man is a point for oversight for them, in my opinion. 
I think um, I think Zemo is is honestly probably the best uh, the best villain in the MCU because he uh, was so effective. You know, he's so effective in kind of breaking, breaking off everything these events. Up. He broke the Avengers up like almost basically single handedly. You know, I think him or the Scrolls would have an easier time as we've seen in the MCU manipulating the Avengers than manipulating that many countries. I mean, also. Can you blame the government for going after Bucky the way they did when they had every reason to believe? I mean, they had like a picture that was like they had like video footage that looked like him leaving. And I think they're not necessarily going after him with lethal lethal force. They're going after him hard and fast like you would need to go after a Captain America level threat. And then maybe they respond more aggressively when Tony or not Tony, when when Cap and Bucky start literally just kicking them down flights of stairs. What happens, though, if the government would have killed Bucky right then? Like, they're killing, I mean, I, I was going to say an innocent man, but he's, to say. <laughs> he's, not, he's not innocent, but at the same time, it's like, you know. He's he, also brainwashed. He was brainwashed, so, so it's yeah, like. He is innocent. In a gray area. But I've, he, they would have killed, potentially, they would have killed him, an, in, uh, an innocent person. But they would have killed him for, and I, God, I hate to sound like this kind of person, but they would have killed him for fighting back against them like if he just let trusted due process to take its course he knows the avengers he should know i don't know what state he's in at that point but he's going to have due process like when they do catch up to him they put him they lock him down they put cuffs on him like they were going to come to that that apartment to arrest him before they start making their great escape that is kind of a naive way to look at it though i mean you can hope and pray that there's going to be due process and it's all going to shake out the right way. Idealistic but in, pro- thought process is the bed and breakfast of your boy, dude. In real life, though, there's people get uh, wrongfully convicted. There's people. Some people are scapegoats. You know, they they might lock somebody. Does that up. mean does we that, shouldn't? Re- laws, does that mean we rebel against? No, like- I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But you're you, you're saying just hope and pray that this these. Things work out. I've said again and again, what do you suggest we do if we don't go with the best system that we have? If there's a law that is oppressive, right? Sometimes laws are meant to, are, sometimes laws do need to be broken. Like, it was, it was illegal for certain people to vote. And they, people broke laws to get the, um, awareness there were two schools of thought on that though there's people who broke laws and there's people who peacefully protested as well i don't know i mean i just don't think i yes i agree sometimes laws need to be broken uh yes there are oppressive laws and in a situation like that screw the laws that's ridiculous but in this specific situation in this fictional world that we're talking about i mean what laws are we talking about breaking we're talking about uh fighting the government, physically assaulting officers of the law. Entering foreign uh, countries. Eight, yeah. Illegally. Eight, yeah. It's like evading arrests. Like we're, we're talking about some serious stuff where people are like really getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> we are. We and are it, it, looks, that, it looks badass. But, it looks awesome. But like Tony said, people are getting hurt and dying while we're kicking ass. Like that's just, I love the delivery of that line. Um, but I think something that we haven't brought up yet that is an important part towards um, this whole like check and balances thing that we keep talking about is if we have these check and balance checks and balances in place, we can also have training in place 
to where we can train these heroes to go through these certain steps and to know Minimize how to threats. perform yeah. right. in the field to and to clear them through a mental screening as well. That way Iron Man's not going out there when he has at his peak PTSD and we can send someone else instead. Like if we have that training and and stuff beforehand helping them make the best decisions possible while they're out on the field like you have to agree that that's a good idea right just, like not right, just anyone yeah. can go out there and fight because i have a superpower or i made a super super machine like if i made a weapon right now and i go out there and just fight because i want to like what's keeping everything balanced what's keeping everything checked yeah. what's making sure that i'm not doing anything What's the difference between you and me? Yeah. I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't disagree that training is a good idea. Like, yeah, some of these people are, are you know, civilians, <laughs> like, who maybe don't have all the answers. Some of them are 16, 17-year-old boys swinging through the, the city. <laughs> yeah. Some of them are actual criminals. <laughs> yeah. Reformed. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that, but I mean, that's, um, again, we're assuming that that's what's going to happen. Like, well, that's why I keep I, bringing it back to where, like, are we, we should argue the fact, like, should there be a governing body or should there not? Should they act on their own? I don't even think necessarily governing body. I think what we're talking about is like regulation versus Cap is rebelling against regulation. Yes. Cap thinks that it's, it's an impediment rather than where a there's, benefit. At least where there's like, because right now, any act of superheroism is against the law basically. is regulation worth it if it slows down the response and i i would say yes i mean probably in most cases it it would probably be yes but what about the times that the answer is no we well, just said just make that decision to not follow the rules e there even that point aside you said in most cases, yes. We have to choose a decision that benefits the most people the most amount of times. The mo we have to go that, with the, the most cases. But that is assuming that like utilitarianism is the proper like ethical path, which maybe it is, but maybe it's not. You know, like there's other ways to think about what good is or what the right thing to do is. You know, it's not just black and white that this argument is like um it's not a, it's not something that is a fact so there's yeah. not a true correct answer you know it's up for interpretation and and the way that i interpret it is like um i think that i put my faith in captain america to make the right decisions and the right choices and do things with good intent Okay. And if, what would you say if Captain America made a decision you didn't agree with? That would never happen. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. What, um, if, what if someone like equally as powerful, but not as morally correct was in this situation? Would you still trust them to make the right decision? Captain America's, Captain, so, Captain America's okay, so, gone now. Yeah, he is. RP. He's still alive. He's on the moon. So someone else has to be making those decisions. So, Sam Wilson, Captain America's still around. Anyways, <laughs> um, I think that in these, you know, fictitious worlds that we uh, immerse ourselves in, there's kind of like three levels of 
or three categories of like characters, right? You have good guys, you have bad guys, and then you have like the anti-heroes, right? And that that should be kind of what our decisions are based on. You know what I'm saying? Like Captain America wouldn't make the choice to just kill somebody. You know what I'm saying? And if there's a character like the Red Hood who is deciding to just flat out murder people, um, that's different than somebody dying because of like the superheroes trying to stop a threat or stop the end of the world, you know? Yeah, I think I think that we've both made some good points. And I think that this argument could go on and on and on. I agree. I think it could go on and on and on without going anywhere. Before <laughs> well, it's hard to make any ground because yeah. it's based It's all hypothetical. It's yeah. based in yeah, it's it's hypothetical. But and, conceptually it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> what do you Aaron before we close out, what did you see as uh, strengths and weaknesses of our arguments? Yeah, I kind of pointed out like the pros to letting the hero decide, you know, like the decision making of the UN, the corruption that could be going on within these different countries, or even the weaponization of these heroes or teams. But I would argue um, that diversification is the best defense against corruption and that the a a, he asked me a, a quality He's response is better. A, a quality response is sometimes, or a higher average of good responses is sometimes better than just always having the quickest response. All right. Well, I guess I don't have to talk because that's <laughs> kind of where I was going for your side of the debate, you know. But yeah, like like we've said, like it's it's hard to determine like who's a hundred percent in the right, impossible. Who's a hundred percent in the wrong? It's very situational based. It's also very hero based. You know, like do we trust Captain America? I'd say most of us do, but do we trust the Punisher? <laughs> Probably not as much, right. you know, like how do we, how do we differentiate where our trust goes? Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into right and wrong here. And I'm, they both we kill. don't necessarily have to make this decision <laughs> yeah. in real life. It, like, I, it's like, it's all about intent. You know what I'm saying? The Avengers intent is to protect the world and, and the people. Um, whereas the Punishers intent is to punish is <laughs> like and and it's like although captain know? america and the punisher probably kill like the same amount of people captain america just does a lot of it overseas <laughs> he does it for the greater good <laughs> <laughs> not out of revenge i just kicked that guy's spine out of his back for justice for america <laughs> <laughs> all right do, do either of you have any closing thoughts um, I, or, or do you have anything to say about the opposing ideal? Yeah, I was going to just close out saying that I thought that you made a really good case. I think that the moralistic approach is what I took on our should heroes kill debate. And so I definitely see like the value of that side. That's what I love in my heroes. That's what I love in Captain America. So from like a viewer standpoint, I really respect the points that you made. And I respect Captain America's decision, like from an idealistic philosophical viewers point of view, but then like getting down to the nitty gritty. Like when I watched that movie, I feel like I, I still just overall agreed with Iron Man. I was, and especially in the aspect that Iron Man was trying to like keep the Beatles together. Like Iron Man's like, let's stay a team and try and work this out. And Cap was like out the door so fast to be granted. He had a funeral to go to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I think for me, Definitely, I, I see the uh, like the 
the good of checks and balances. You know, I I think that checks and balances are uh, like a great idea. Um, it's just hard for me to figure that it's the best idea for uh, uh, the Avengers. You know what I'm saying, or superheroes in general. Like they're above the law. It just like it feels nature. like it couldn't really work if that's how it was it was operating. You know, you can't. Batman has to get approval to go and fight the Joker, like, you know, that's what the police are for. You know, Batman's there for when, and the Avengers are there for when the law stops, you know? And I guess that that all depends on, like, how much the UN, like, dictates the level of, like, limitations, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, is the UN there to dictate the limitations overseas and traveling from country to country or is it there to dictate like the laws and how things go on in new york city or can new york city or that country itself have its own version of laws that the superheroes work within and maybe those laws aren't as limiting as maybe we're thinking the un's version of the sokovia accords are we just know that the un has some level of involvement in the avengers operation that Captain America does not like and thinks is too much. Right. So maybe the UN is just, when it comes to global threats or comes from an American citizen going over into another country, Mm. you know, without permission to be there. So maybe that's what the UN was dictating. But then within the own country, like that's up to the, how they want to run their country and what their citizens can do, you know, but as soon as you cross those lines, then it becomes a world affair And that's where I think we need to have those limitations in place to make sure that we're not going and doing stuff that people over here don't want us to go and do. Like if like in uh, The Incredibles, when that guy jumped off the building, he's like, I didn't want to be saved. Right. Right. You know, like bomb voyage. Yeah. (laughs) I I love that. I love that scene. (laughs) So. incredible i'm not affiliated with him <laughs> i don't know uh how it works in the real world but one thing that you were kind of just saying that kind of sparked the idea in my head is like the fbi from my understanding of how the fbi works is they have to be invited to work on foreign soil but well even i don't know like i said i don't know how it works but from my assumption is like a state can invite the fbi in to help them yeah but also the fbi sometimes can say we're taking over so maybe that maybe the avengers should operate like that you know uh, if there's a something going on in a foreign country the country can request help from the avengers um but sometimes when thanos invades the avengers can say well you know what hey we're coming in <laughs> yeah i think that the important thing in this debate is for from my perspective is kind of the right to choose like if you are a foreign country and the avengers decide to just come in and they're like plow through your city, destroy a train, and then they're like, we saved you, you're welcome. And then you're like upset with it. You have your right to be upset with it. destroyed my whole house. (laughs) But granted, they're trying to do what's right and they're trying to do what's good. But if you are sick and somebody says, hey, like this medicine is good for you. And you're like, I don't trust that medicine. I don't want it in my body. And they're like, you'll die if you don't take it. And you're like, no, I don't want that medicine. And then they just force it down your throat. like. That's kind of what the Avengers are doing by saying, like, we're doing what's best for you, whether you want us here or not. I mean, good comparison. Right right to choose, you know, this country should have the right to choose, even if it's their own choice. 
I can get down with that. <laughs> like I said, they have to request the help, mm-hmm. but in some instances. Basically, what I'm getting from this conversation is that we should be in charge. <laughs> so, yeah, put me in charge. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're all kind of on common ground now. We, all, we figured it out in an hour and a half. Uh, That's pretty quick. Doctor. <laughs> doctor. <laughs> all three of us have uh, worked for government, and we know how slow things can move. So yes, And how they might not make the best decision for most everyone, of the time they don't make the anyone best involved except themselves they, right. they try to move fast in emergencies you know in like disaster relief they yeah. try to move fast i would agree there yeah yeah but in the day-to-day stuff <laughs> well, i think i'm moving this is this is definitely one of my favorite debates and this is when we're talking about kind of like i think since the inception of the podcast like very early on yeah. we started talking yeah. about this idea so i'm excited that we finally got around to it i think i got to get to all of my quotes i, I watching that clip i was like the scene holds everything mm-hmm. holds yeah. every, uh, the, every it really does point of the debate. it's yeah i mean that scene is it's a very excellent. thorough scene yeah, yeah. And, and something that you guys mentioned in the very beginning is like each person contributed to the conversation yeah. no one was there just yeah observing oh my gosh and i just noticed they're back to back but this black widow quote that i missed too as i said i think i got to say all my points she's a really good line that i want to get in before we close she says if we have one hand on the wheel we can still steer if we're still involved if we still have a voice it's like that's that's what the Scovia accords are i see as cap doesn't want another hand on the wheel he doesn't want regulations but she's saying like if we have a say that's better than being outlaws and even though Black Widow changes sides later in the movie, I think these are that her points at the end of this argument are the best points. One hand on the wheel, still steer, still have a value. Yeah, that is a good point. I, I wish. I feel like she changes sides just to mitigate the damage within the team. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I, I wish I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. Is I, I wish it, they kind of explored why she changed sides a little bit more because, you know, from my memory, we don't really get. The yeah. answer to why she changed sides, you know, Think was, was it the long like game? Passion for Captain America and like Bucky and them trying to yeah. do what they thought was right, you know. Like she, she still trusts Cap's judgment, I think, she, even she, though she thinks that having one hand on the steering wheel is the best decision for the whole team, yeah. Yeah, I think she's kind of starting to see because he's saying in that movie that something else is going on. He's like, hey, this aside. Like Cap kind of has an idea that of Zemo's involvement and somebody planning. And, you know, I think that he's starting to see that because of Bucky being framed. So I think that's what she's seeing is like, oh, something's going down. Mm-hmm. Like this arg- this Sokovia court stuff aside, like maybe that's w- what she's saying. She too is um, like the, the movie before that, the Captain America movie before that's Winter Soldier, which is, you know, um, Black Widow and Captain America like team up for a good portion of that movie. She's got to spend like one on one time with Captain America and see how he operates and and knows that he is his heart is always in the right place. You she know? has a, she has a moral uh, arc in that story too because she goes from her beginning of just like stealing that information, doing Shield's dirty work behind Cap's back mm-hmm. at the end to kind of like realizing the corruption and denouncing you know yeah. what she's worked towards. We also didn't talk at all about. Black Panther seeking revenge for his father's death, trying to kill Bucky. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was he was going to kill Bucky, whether Bucky was going to be like, "Hey, I'll I'll go with you, due process," yeah, or whether he was going to fight back or not. Um, 
And I think that's the potential of like, oh shoot, that's that's scary. Like these guys can flip the switch at any point and decide like this is best for them, you know? Yeah. And even that's not even a scenario that it's best for everyone. Like that's a scenario where it's purely based off revenge. And he's one of the most yeah. powerful people in the world, both financially and cannot, yeah. physically. Um politically because of Politic, the size of his yep. country and the same argument could even be made against the proprietor of my argument iron man by the end of this movie because he literally just turns rogue like trying to kill bucky i mean i think his argument from earlier on still stands but him trying to at this point turning around and trying to kill bucky is just an example of how if he decides somebody deserves to die like it's going to be pretty tough to stop him because he's got you know the capability to create an arsenal of world destroying suits yeah. like these checks and balances can't stop everything can't prevent everything but the, the hope would be that it helps protect pr protect or predict things that were going to happen in the future you know all right i think everybody's got to say their piece <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i mean definitely, been a, long definitely a fun argument like i need a nap <laughs> and a snack. Yeah. <laughs> snack this sure. one took it out of me. Aaron, I wasn't even doing most of the arguing. Aaron, it's a snacky time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching. It's crazy to think that we're on episode 83 wow. here. Like, we're, we're almost to 100. We got to do something cool for our 100th episode. I'm quitting after episode 99. But, <laughs> but this is all possible because of the three people that watch this podcast. So, thank you so much. Um, we love you. You're welcome. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the three people being um, us. <laughs> it ain't much, but it's honest work. <laughs> I watch every episode. But yeah, we, for the spoiler ones. For we, we post every Monday and Thursday full episodes on YouTube and Spotify. And then we post clips from our YouTube on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. So interact with us in the comments. But definitely make sure you go over to those websites and hit subscribe, follow, and the notification bell so you can see when we post. And... That's, That's a wrap. wrap.